You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, y'all. This is Josiah Gray, and this is Half Street High Heat. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 164. I literally just looked it up and I forgot. 164 of Half Street High Heat, presented by Manscaped and part of the fan-sided network. We have a very special episode for you tonight as we are joined by the co-hosts of the Next Gen Nats podcast, Alex and Tanner. Uh, Be sure to give them a follow on Twitter and check out their podcast as well. So, you know, not a ton of Nats news going on. But we are going to talk World Series and one of the most uh, possible unfortunate matchups uh, for a Nats fan that you could ever conjure up. But before we get into talking uh, all things playoffs and, and World Series, Alex Tanner, thank you for joining us. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. I want to go first. Alex. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate you guys having us on, you know, on the smaller side right now. So it's really awesome that you guys gave us the opportunity. Really appreciate that. And happy to talk some baseball. Hasn't been a lot to talk about recently because we're a Nats podcast. I know y'all go yeah. more into the general. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, we're just this all started because we're just you know three Nats fans and uh, kind of got lucky with obviously them winning the World Series, but uh, not so lucky now with them just sucking. <laughs> but uh, appreciate not to put too fine a point on it. Yeah, but yeah, but, yeah. Definitely appreciate you guys coming on. Excited to to talk more Nats. But Ryan and Amanda, how are you guys doing? Doing fine. Sitting here watching the Caps, hoping they can pull this one out. Um, yeah, not much Nats stuff, obviously, going on. A um, little bit of news here or there, but yeah, enjoying the playoffs. This is, as you alluded to, Nick, a very unfortunate matchup. I uh, could not have picked two teams I wanted to get to the World Series less. So uh, I am truly torn about I cannot root for either of these teams. So I have no rooting interest. It's going to be hard for me to even watch. Oh, we will talk about that because uh, uh, there's 
plenty of outrageous and outlandish mm-hmm. reasonings uh, for people's uh, rooting interests that we, that we're seeing amongst uh, Nats And fans, you're about so. to get a talking to those of you who are voting yeah. for the players, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's no excuse if you're a Nats fan. No, sorry, not at yeah, all. It's, but it's terrible. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Alex Tanner, great having you guys on. Um, life's great. I finished The Sopranos. I'm never gonna watch TV. <laughs> I'm never gonna watch TV again because that all completely topped everything. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, I'm watching that this weekend. Oh, it's not good. It's not. It's, it's not. not good. I didn't think so. Well, so, that's your so, opinion, I mean, Amanda. Everything with the <laughs> Sopranos is perfect. Always remember that. That pretty much means that it's going to be great. So. <laughs> yeah, you say so. I saw your uh, your opinion about Dune leaking out before your next uh, podcast. I mean, but <laughs> Dune isn't the Sopranos. No, yeah. it's completely Nothing different. Is the things. Sopranos, truly, the Sopranos was awesome. I spent weeks talking about the ending, like talking to everyone who would talk to me about it and looking up ideas about what happened at the end i was like, googling just with it <laughs> i like i finished at like 2 a.m and i like was googling everything and i found a article that the director did right before many saints came out where he accidentally referred to the final scene as something it confirmed all my theories so i felt great <laughs> um i well, needed to tell me what we'll, that was. we'll we'll talk we'll talk about off air no spoilers okay. yeah. on this no no spoilers on this never seen the sopranos and every old person i I knew it every old person i talked to is like (laughs) oh wow wow i see how it is like no i don't have the time nor the willingness the old person Uh i didn't yeah that's not what just happened that is what just happened just throw that out there you 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 implied it you put the words in my mouth i just mentioned yeah don't worry you're in good company around here my parents my parents parents etc etc they're always like yeah, The Sopranos was so big back in the Stone Age. So back in the Stone Age, I prefer to. Before there was streaming, and you had to watch it on Sunday nights. I couldn't imagine that having to wait a whole week just to watch a. It's it's funny because the final season was in two thousand seven, like really not that long ago. But it's still, you couldn't stream them all back then. The whole binge watching thing was not a thing yet. Yeah. It had its charms, though. The the like appointment television is kind of fun. Well, I mean, I think I, I've mentioned it, but I haven't watched it yet either. But that's just because I'm busy watching other stuff. I'm watching Succession right now. I don't know if anyone else is, is watching. Is Back that. to the Future one of the things that you're watching? No, I, I don't watch uh, stuff geared for old people. So, <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Dune might be something geared for old people, considering how old the books are. Well, I mean, I, I, I had to watch that, that just so that I could. One book, I just could not get through it wasn't bad there was just so much going on at the beginning yeah and so many names to remember and so much stuff and it is like, one of those oh. one of those like where there's a thousand characters and you can't keep track of them all like i simply do not have the mental capacity to pay attention so i'm gonna go back and read it one of these days I have... one of these days there's a new show amazon prime is going to come out with a wheel of, based on the wheel of time series which was like 12 really long books like a thousand pages long and they're trying to make it like game of thrones style kind of intrigued by that we know how that ended up yeah, yeah exactly they, they ruined that but it's kind of shocking to hear there's a lot of going a lot going on in the beginning of dune or at least the book of dune because there is like nothing going on at the beginning of dune the movie it was one of That's the most so disappointing. dull and boring movies i've ever seen yeah i haven't watched it yet but i really did like the book so i'm disappointed that they my 
pre I haven't watched it either, but my pre-calculus teacher today like went on like a big tangent or like a big um rant about how it was kind of kind of buns. <laughs> he was like, he was like the acting is so it's it's taking itself too seriously, man. Stuff like that. I, I just I know Timothy Shabadoo is like a talented actor, but I just cannot, it, is that how you say Shabadoo? You can't tell you can't call him Chalamet. <laughs> all right. I know he's a talented actor and all, but he just looks like such a pretty boy, like you know, ladybird type guy that I can't take him in a serious sci-fi role, especially when his name is Paul. Like you're yeah, it's um, like not a serious sci-fi movie name. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I would tend to disagree because, you know, when you ask some of the greatest sci fi series of all time, they're going to say Star Wars. And what's the main character's name in that? Yeah. By the, by the way, if you wanted to um, binge listen the uh, Wheel of Time series on audiobooks, uh, it would take you 19, and a, 19 days and five hours. I so. thought you were about to drop an audible ad on us. I don't no, <laughs> not yet. I'm not, I'm not a shill yet. Come on. Yeah, give it time. No, I yeah. read all of those books. It's been a long time, but it, they are long. That's why I was like, when they said they're going to make a show about it, I was like, good Lord, that's a lot of source material. 4.4 million words. Is that true? Good Over Lord. basically 23 years. A week yeah. short of 23 years. Yeah. Yeah. Good books, though. Alex, uh, you just have to numbers offhand. Uh, yeah, no. How do you know that? Wikipedia. <laughs> It's in your notebook of like random facts. Random facts. No, I I have, I have uh, a lot of random facts in a notebook, right? No, viral flippy notebook. Uh, there among other places. Encyclopedia Brown. I I told Tanner about where my banking information was or where I have my my banking passwords earlier. So, well, that works so, out so yeah yeah i'm i i'm all over the place i listen i got i got things if if it's worth writing down which basically everything is for me it's it's all over the place uh, got it on posters and stuff like that anyway yeah not to shift the gears too much but i found it funny when you guys said like oh we just got lucky because we started the podcast right when we uh nats won the world series and i thought that was kind of funny because since alex and i run a a prospect um a podcast the fact that we started it like two days after the Kiber ruiz trade the match oh. i thought that was like that's our world series that's right very there. auspicious yes that's what it's like to hit the world series yeah to, to each <laughs> your own you know <laughs> i guess it all depends on perspective what uh your uh goal for a world series is god cause... imagine running a white Sox podcast like a white Sox farm system podcast that'd be terrible the F- phillies and Mickey Phillies, next gen Phillies, good gracious. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of baseball and what's going on, uh, I'm sure Eddie Rosario is a real person as he had one of the <laughs> most insane series uh, in NLCS history, uh, batting at what, like 583 and a million home runs. Braves Numbers clinched. Approximate. Yeah. Wow. Braves clinched the, the pennant, and, you know, it was. Everyone knows what happened. We don't have to go into too much detail, but just we all know. Yeah, just initial reactions to the to the Braves clinching. I mean, and what eighty eight win team coming out of the NL. Uh, we talked about it all year long. The NL East was a dumpster fire. Like you know, the Braves were kind of just the de facto representative because every other team couldn't get their act together. Uh, so 
what are your initial takeaways aside from just utter disgust, like Amanda said, uh, from the Braves winning the pennant? One thing I thought that was interesting was that um, the Braves got a lot of their production from Rosario, obviously, and also like Adam Duvall. And I know we hate to see the Braves succeed, but in a silver lining sort of way, it also shows us um, how bad the Mets messed up because they were a team that seemed to trade deadline away from, you know, picking it up and they got Javi Baez and like good for them. But there were a lot of easily attainable guys that would not have cost much. Um, Was it Rosario or Duvall that they got for Pablo Sandoval? Rosario. It was Rosario. They got an NLCS MVP for 65-year-old Pablo Sandoval. Um, Yeah. Numbers approximate. The Mets really, they had enough talent that if you add some bats like Rosario or not, you're looking at a team that could definitely compete for the division with the Braves. And the fact that they didn't go for that just kind of makes me giggle a little. Yeah. That's uh, an excellent point. I hate uh, – go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I So I just want to preface this with I hate the Braves more than maybe any other franchise in, in the MLB. Um, they're like bottom five franchises for me. Um, that being said, and I'm not rooting for them in the World Series, but I, I, I'm I'm a little conflicted because the troll in me, right? You know, I, I love seeing the Dodgers get eliminated, yeah. spending all that money and 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 making this big trade and killing or well, not killing because they have such a deep farm system, but uh, really depleting their farm system to try and win a world series in a 162 game season. And they can't do it. I just think, I just think that that's, uh, that's justice. There's some justice in the baseball world still. Um, but I hate the Braves. So I'm taking, I'm, I'm rooting for the Dodgers over the Braves a million days out of a million. Yeah. I was rooting for the Dodgers over the Braves sort of, and not rooting for the Dodgers, but wanting yeah. the Braves. Yeah. Lose. But you're right. Like I was absolutely cackling about the 88 win. Braves taking out the 106 win Dodgers and them making a trade like they did getting the two best players off our team plus you know other things they had done this season to try to shore up and was it 267 million was that their payroll that seems like the number that I have in my head for some reason yeah Yeah, to have a two and then to see the media try to make the Braves out to be like the underdogs or I mean the Dodgers out to be the underdogs with their 267 million dollar payroll I was like oh my god spare me I the, saw the, the oh. Twitter people are insufferable. With the yeah, team. I saw this thing. It was like the comparison of like the Giants elimination tweet that ESPN sent out and like uh, the elimination tweet that uh, or like the tweet that ESPN sent out after the uh, Giants have been eliminated. Yeah, it's like after a 107 win season, uh, the Giants have been eliminated from the postseason and like the Dodgers one is like, what an effort from the Dodgers. Another incredible season for LA in the game where they or in a series where they lost in six and sort of threw up a dud in the elimination game. Such a scripted league. Yeah. Yeah. I like how they just discovered that Trey Turner and Max Scherzer exist when they got to LA too. That was also a fun thing to experience. Yeah. I've always, I mean, I don't know. I've always thought that um, the whole, the the way Nats fans react to um, Trey and Max's, uh, presence in LA it, it, it kind of annoys me because LA is just like a bigger market just objectively so and I don't know why people are surprised that the um 
the marketing for them became bigger then. And I also think it was less because of the Bade City aspect and more just because they were actually winning games. Yeah. There was plenty of Trey and Matt's coverage in 2019, but unfortunately, we are now a 50-win team. So Yeah, a little ways right. away from that 2019 yeah. season. That was I mean, also part of it, obviously, being L.A. first and foremost and the Dodgers, uh, but – just how well they did. Well, specifically Max. Max was mm. otherworldly mm-hmm. after he went to the Dodgers, and obviously that doesn't help. If Max was kind of just middle of the road, then you know there's not so much attention. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's Max Scherzer, and he's going to garner uh, you know attention every start he has. But the fact that he was um, in the conversation for best deadline acquisition of all time, th- that that's obviously going to give you some some positive hype and. Nats fans are oversensitive, as we've seen yeah. time and time again. But back Tell to the me world. In that number. Yeah. It was like, but... with that quote that was like, you know, it, it's interesting to see, you know, LA fans always being there. And the Nats fans were like, but, you know, we always supported you. And as much as I don't like Dodgers fans, you do kind of have to commend how dedicated they are to their squad. Just Except for the traffic beating, leaving in like the sixth inning. That was before the Bellinger homer, right? Yes. That was a funny one. That was a funny one. Did we get, Ryan, did we get your thoughts on Atlanta's advancing to the World Series? Well, I was going to say, I mean, uh, Ryan is one of a kind, but it was kind of disappointing that every single jinx worked except Brave Shack. (laughs) It's because their cheating lab is just remarkable like i had some unreal tweets saved from the braves collapse comes and then when the braves collapse comes in the world series i am going to just unleash everything but if the braves win i'm turning into the joker i cannot have mm-hmm. them win the world series for any of my narratives whatsoever um i've had my count for a long time and i've gotten into a lot of arguments with braves fans and i will continue trolling them I refuse to root for the Braves solely because they're atrocious fan base. And I hope they get swept. Actually, let me rephrase that. I hope they go up 3-0 and blow a 3-0 lead and lose game seven on a walk-off grand slam. I want them to suffer. I don't want that fan base to have happiness. My agenda will not stand for it. I will become the joker if they win. They need to be the victim of the, like, in your cul-de-sac with the wiffle ball bat situation. You know, bottom of the ninth, game seven, 3-2 count, two outs down three runs and there's three guys on base and that needs to be the Braves pitching the ball there. No, 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 no. Yeah. I've never missed a grand slam in that situation. I'm like 35 for 35. Oh, for, oh, no. Oh, and two, you, you gotta be like boot on the throat from winning the world series. It's gotta be three and two. It, it doesn't it feel so much more. Uh, yeah. I just, I, and I want it to be like on a missed call or something like just something. Oh, that, so, yeah. Like, like, the injustice of it all, like to, for them to lose in a way that hurts as much as it's possible to hurt. Like that I, would be funny, but it's also like then they, especially if it's a blatantly missed call, then they're complaining. Yeah. They always have a bit of a valid complaint, and it's like, why do we have to give them some ammunition? Yeah, that's a true story. Yeah, it's a good point. However, if they get that far and lose, like at the very end, then you could just be like, oh, they were one pitch away from winning the World Series. If they get swept and embarrassed and don't even get close, that would be better for me. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, w- I wasn't on Twitter as much in like 2015, but how long did Mets fans talk about their trip? Because, I mean, they were I think they had a lead in all five games and they ended up losing the series four to one. But I'm just trying to like gauge how long, you know, they can I wasn't realistically really talk active about on it. Twitter yeah. then either. Um, 
probably for about two weeks until the next controversy hit the Mets, and then <laughs> everyone forgot that they went to the World Series. That's true. The Mets are kind of an anomaly because there's always something going on. It really is shocking. Like this year, they had the rat slash raccoon thing, and then they had like thumbs down itis, and then Zach's <laughs> drank it. Well, before the season even started, they had their GM fired for sexual assault, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Porter. Uh, yeah, Jared Porter. Jared Porter. God, that seems like so long ago. Was that this season? Yeah, and then the, it was the GM that they hired to replace, or the interim, or whoever he was, yeah. drunk driving, and yeah, always, something. always something, always something with those guys. Yeah. Okay, but, but the oh, God, I was just gonna say, but back to the World Series. Obviously, we have the Braves Astros because the Astros clinch as well, and you know, Nats fans, it's not like we need to explain anything going on with an Astro with the Astros, uh, both beating them in the world series, the cheating and dusty Baker being their manager. But as I said, off the top, probably one of the, the most unfortunate, uh, matchups in the world series you could have put together for Nats fans. Where are you guys at? I mean, do you root for the Astros? Uh, I- do you kind of just be indifferent towards it? because it's not great either way. Like what, what are your stances on the, the world series? If there's a gun to my head, right. And it's like, you have to root for a team. Uh, I have to root for Houston. Um, even if the Dodgers or even if the Dodgers had made it, I think I'd, I'd still root for Houston just because like the amount of, uh, I don't know if toxicity is the right word, but like, the um, reaction from the Astros fans while still being horrible um, and, and, and miserable for us to see them <laughs> celebrate, it would be far, far better than seeing Atlanta celebrate, obviously. And then also the Dodgers celebrate like, oh, we won a World Series with the $3 billion payroll. And it's like, you better. All right, so here's my take. And I think Amanda's going to kill me for this one. Not only am I rooting for the Astros, but I think they are a very likable team. I like their players. I think they're very fun to watch. I think they nice. are a very good squad. And if I was a Dodgers fan, I, if, if this was a Dodgers podcast, I could totally understand um, hating the Astros. But as Nats fans, not only did they not cheat when we played against them, but we beat them anyways. So I have no reason to have sort of a, a hatred like the one I have for the Cardinals because they beat us in 2012. I have, I have, there's nothing like that. I just think they're a fun squad. I don't like Yuli Gurriel. Um, That's the one player. Besides that, it's like, all right, here's just this team of guys. And they're going to bring up the cheating and cheating is the second national pastime behind baseball because they've been cheating in the MLB since 1919 with Shoeless Joe Jackson and Pete Rose and steroids and i guarantee you the astros are not the only team stealing signs so personally i think they're a likable squad i didn't really you know i wasn't too brokenhearted when they won their first title in 2017 so i would cheer for them over the braves obviously but also over the dodgers and the brewers and whatnot i don't know i just think they're likable amanda do you care to retort i do I do care to retort. Yeah. Um, I think the idea that because other people have cheated in the past, that what they did is no big deal is, is not something that I agree with at all. Um, I think they cheated blatantly and in a way that was different than what other people were doing. They, 
got away with it. And not only did they not get punished the way they should have, but then they weren't even contrite or sorry, or, you know, in any way their, their fan base is insufferable about it as if, you know, I don't know. They don't even, they're not even embarrassed or as a fan of baseball, this isn't about, we beat them in 2019. Obviously this isn't even about the Nats. It's just as a baseball fan, I find what they did disgusting and it, I cannot root for them. And Dusty Baker's a good dude and you know, he's cool and it's not about Dusty, but he also defended them where if, you know, I don't have to root for Dusty just because he was our manager once. And uh, I don't find them likable at all. And if it were anybody other than Atlanta or maybe the Mets, even, even if it were like, I know it's funny to even talk about the Marlins, but like if the Marlins were in the world series, I think I could maybe root for the Marlins if they were playing against the Astros. I just cannot root for the Braves. They also have an insufferable fan base, but the the Astros are awful. I think they're awful for baseball and uh, seeing them succeed pisses me off. So there was some way for them to both lose. Really quickly, Amanda, do you think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame? No, I do not. Uh, okay. All right, Ryan, go ahead. Counterpoint, the Astros are the perfect villain for baseball. Yeah, like, absolutely. Baseball needs a villain, and the Astros play it to a perfect T. They get people to watch. They grab headlines, and their players, you know, they pimp bombs. They showboat. They do everything perfectly to be a villain. And exactly. That, and that they stadium, win a lot. The Minute Maid Park is like the perfect – evil lair of the mlb like it has a goddamn train in there and and things like that like it's like i think it was called enron for a little bit like it's it's almost like comic how it's just too fitting yeah exactly it's foreshadowing i i i thought i think ryan uh, i really like where he was going i think every uh competitive league deserves a villain i am a big nba fan and i thought when kevin durant went to the warriors that not only were the warriors a villain but also so was kevin durant and one of the most fun times i've ever had watching a basketball game was when kd went back to okc um and played the thunder who he left for you know he ring chased um with the warriors and i thought it was so much fun because it's like Sports are fun when two guys are having fun. Sports are more fun when two guys just hate each other or two teams. And, like, the Patriots have, you know, since Brady left, they've kind of fallen off. But for 20 years, they were the villain of the NFL. The evil empire. Yeah, they're they're the evil empire. Um, And so, I don't know. I just – I can't see myself disliking the Astros because I think in a paradoxical way, um, they're good for baseball. And they're good for viewers and they're good for some fun baseball. I think the Yankees or the Dodgers could be the villain and they do it just fine. Everybody hates them too. I I don't think you need, I hate the Astros. But they just, people just hate the Dodgers and the Yankees because their parents hate the Dodgers and the Yankees. We don't actually have a reason to hate the Dodgers and the Yankees. Um, I hate the Dodgers and the Yankees. I don't like them, but it's not like I have nothing against them you know in a vacuum it's just since i'm supposed to hate them i hate them why does everyone hate the cowboys the astros everyone hates for a reason and i think that made them more perfect of a villain i think it really comes down to you know people hate you brought up the cowboys cowboys won a lot you know with our parents generation or, or you know as you guys like to say amanda's generation um so that's why people hate, hate the cowboys and right now like 
people probably still hate the Patriots, even though Tom Brady's not there. And, you know, that's why people hated the Yankees for, for so long because they were way ahead of it. Kind of everyone in quote unquote buying their team when really they were just, you know, spending money in free agency, which other teams weren't doing. So, you know, that's why they hate it. But at the same time, because the Yankees haven't won in so long and they were the last ones it really falls on the Astros to kind of take up that mantle of the villain. It could be the Dodgers, but the Dodgers have one title in a shortened season. So it's kind of like you have that built in, I guess, troll for uh, to use on Dodgers fans and, and the Dodgers as a whole that they haven't really done much t- or like have nothing to show for all this yeah. activity they've done at the deadline and the off season and, and whatnot. So it really does fall on the Astros to take up the mantle because three pennants in five years potentially a second championship say what you want but that's really impressive cheating or no cheating that that's really impressive like we haven't had a back-to-back world series winner in you know 21 years or something like that so the fact that you know the astros are so well represented in a five-year span like that's it's no small no small feat so I get why people hate them. Obviously, I'm not going to, you know, complain if if anyone doesn't like the Astros. I'm not necessarily like rooting for them out of a, a pure uh, intention or anything like that or a pure place. But I am going to be rooting for them because I just I, I don't see any argument for rooting for the Braves. Like, yeah, I, I guess if you want to say the Astros cheated in 2017 and they don't deserve anything. But that that's more against the Astros. That's not for the yeah. Braves. I, I like you can root against the Astros, I guess, but a vote against the Astros is a vote for the Braves. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah. true. It, it's unfortunately a binary choice. There's right. no way for them to both lose. But I think if I had, like you said, gun to my head, I would prefer yeah. the Braves lose, but not because there, I want the Astros to win. <laughs> there is a situation out there um, where both teams can lose. Um, we're like bottom of the ninth inning. Astros are down by four. They hit a grand slam to tie it up uh, in game seven of the World Series. And then they just play in extra innings until the inevitable heat death of the universe and no one wins <laughs> and the then, World and Series. Then, and then the, the sun goes supernova. And then exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, yeah. I feel like it's very easy to get caught up in I hate this team. I want this team to win. Something that I saw pointed out today that I didn't really consider is that like, with all of the, um, I feel like rumors is the wrong word. It's basically confirmed now. With all the news about um, the lockouts after December 2nd, this could be the last four to seven games of baseball we see in a very long time. I mean, very long, somewhat long, whatever. Um, and I think what I'm going to try and do the most is appreciate them. I hope this World Series is fun. Uh, 2019 was awesome. 2020 didn't count. I didn't get to watch much of 2018 or 2017. So I'm just kind of, I really want to watch a good see a good series of baseball because this might be the last one we see mm-hmm. for a while. Who knows what will happen with um, the lockouts, how it will affect pitchers and catchers reports, spring training all the way through the regular season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is a good point. Might be the last baseball we get for who knows how long, really. Yep, that is true. It's not like uh, there's any benefit of the doubt when it comes to baseball having their uh, act together because we've seen that last year not too long ago we have recent history to go from go off of with uh baseball and their plan for 
a season that's affected by some extraneous <laughs> circumstance yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we will see. And obviously we will cover that as we, uh, you know, as it comes up, because it, it definitely will come up. It is inevitable, but back to the world series, official predictions, amount of games, obviously your winner, your world series MVP. Mm. I'm going to say Astros in seven, because as much as I hate the Braves and as much as I think they're outmatched, I simply cannot see them going down without a fight. Um, I think at the end of the day, their starting pitching isn't going to hold up. I think Charlie Morton is old, and I think Ian Anderson isn't good. Um, these are very nuanced takes, and if you try and disagree with me with them, I will hit you with this project paddle I have in my hand. Um, but I think the Astros get the edge in seven games. As far as World Series MVP, I don't really know. Kyle Tucker. Boom. Kyle Tucker, Astros in seven. Astros in five. Uh, Just, I don't know. With McCullers going twice, you only need two wins. You only need to pick up two wins somewhere else. Um, And I think um, going off that note, White Hot McCullers Jr. um, wins the MVP or uh, Carlos Correa in a – what could be his last series before he makes bank with who knows nationals, but with the nationals, hopefully. Um, but yeah, he's going to make some money. That's yeah. for damn sure. He's going to pull a Garrett Cole and wear a Boris core. I don't even know if Correa's Boris, but <laughs> he's going to wear a Boris Corp hat. Even if he's not a Boris client, he's going to wear a Boris Corp hat after the world series. <laughs> like Garrett Cole like Scott, call me. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the moment he comes to DC, he'll, you know, Congratulations, you signed with DC. The next day, he'll sign with Scott Boris. It's the sort of like. No, nah, he's, yeah. he's with John Rosen at WME. So. Oh, John Rosen. Him and I went to elementary school together. All right, Nick, you're. What? <laughs> Amanda, you were going to say something? What's your prediction? Um, okay, I'm going to go Astros in six, and Correa's my MVP pick. Ryan. Um, Lance McCullers announced today he is not pitching. Wait, in he's the not. Series. He is oh, not wow, pitching wow. in the well, series. Well, well, never wow. mind. Astros in wow. seven. So Carlos Cray is your MVP. Uh, he's gonna make a lot of money. What a terrible uh, look for the next gen. And, and win and win some <laughs> some car. I don't know what car. It, it's it's Chevy, right? Uh, sorry, not usually. It's a truck. Or no, did Strauss get a Corvette or a truck? I no, swear no. it was like a, it was like the Silverado or something. No. Maybe that's the All Star Game. I know, like yeah, you I'm get con- one for the All Star Game. You, Hang on, you, you guys remember that video when Mad Bum won World Series MVP, and then they gave some like random dude the the card to talk to him about it, and it's this incredibly awkward like minute and a half long clip of some like regional store owner suddenly on national TV reading from an index card like congratulations for playing hard out there and we've awarded you this car if you guys have not seen that i highly suggest you go on youtube after this and look that up because it is one of the hardest things to watch you'll ever see who let nats burner present award to madison bumgarner (laughs) um ryan oh sorry yeah ryan what's your pick um, so series is either going one of two ways. The Astros are either going to steamroll and win in five five games, or it's going to go seven. The Astros have the clear advantage 
at the lineup. Their lineup is absolutely relentless. But in October, the only thing that matters is hot pitching. Um, bullpen is a push. They Astros, I mean, Braves bullpen might regress a little bit, but with their bullpen and starting pitching combination, as we've seen many times, it is hard to beat. I'm going Braves in seven. I think they shocked the world again. They kind of just have that feeling right now and they have hot pitching. And like I said, nothing else matters in October. If you have hot pitching, no one's beating you. Yeah. That's why I thought the uh, Brewers were going to go so deep. If you've watched the other episode of you haven't watched that you should which which i i mean i guess you shouldn't listen to me because the only one i got wrong the only uh prediction i got right was that the dodgers would win the wild card game i am terrible we're a minor league podcast okay give us some time <laughs> right, we'll but, get good yeah uh yeah completely lost track of my thoughts but uh <laughs> i don't yeah, love it but Nick? I mean, I want the Astros to win, but it, it just – I agree with Ryan. It does feel like the Braves probably no. are going to win. Um, oh, so no. Like So uh, as a prediction, I'll go Braves in – I'm going to go Braves in six. I just – I don't know. Like I, I, everyone wants seven. Obviously, seven games would be good for baseball and just good for entertainment purposes. But um, it just feels like the Braves have – gotten really good not even just this year but over the past couple of years at just yeah. stealing games that they should not win and cheating lab. yeah and whether it's cheating or you know some other uh you know I mean, deal you with the devil is doing that well like i wonder if of his that the braves will be able to out cheat the cheating masters yeah we'll see um but my final thought oh uh world series mvp um I'm going to take a page out of our friend Matt Weirich's book, and I'll just go Austin Riley. Terrible. Dude. Also, I mean, it's not like there was a good option anyways. Like, this is pretty, you know, unsettling talking about in general. Yeah. Okay. Question of the day. What what is the more nightmarish scenario? Scenario. Braves win and Austin Riley wins World Series MVP or Braves win and Dansby Swanson wins World Series MVP? I mean, Austin Riley, because everyone talks about like... But I also feel like no one's pointing out how it would be if Dansby won it. Okay, if Dansby wins the World Series MVP, it would be terrible. But there is one situation where he can make up for it, and that is stealing a base. If, if, if he's the guy that gets us free tacos, I don't care. Because I, I, I like tacos a lot. Free tacos? Yeah. I think Altuve you... will do it. Yeah, he'll probably do it. But Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did it one year before. It was Mookie last year, and I think, I think it was the year I before. Think it was, or maybe oh, Robles. Trey, Trey, Trey uh, Steel Base. It was Trey. It was the first pitch. Yeah, in the first pitch of the eating that bat. Gotcha. But anyways, that's my pick. I'll go Braves in six, even though that's not what I want to happen. I just think that's what will happen because at this point, you know, after I guess this is their – fourth year sort of the Braves are kind of just not I won't say proven in the world or in the uh, postseason but they've had plenty of experience with this kind of core of Mm -hmm. playoff baseball and obviously they're finally in the World Series and it's kind of just like once you crack through that previous uh, block right if for the Capitals it was like the second round against the Pens and 
you know, for the Nats, it was the first round. And like, once you get over that initial hump, it's kind of just like, oh, you're kind of playing the game that you've always played at that point. So it definitely does feel like it's just the Braves time, even though it sucks. But um, quick pivot. Sorry, go ahead. It's also impressive that they're doing it without Acuna. I know. Mm -hmm. He's overrated. Ryan has his narrative on that topic, but is the guy who was running away with MVP at that point and immediately better themselves as a team. I think that says a lot to their management and also that Alatantopoulos has a private island. Is Ronald Acuna Jr. clubhouse cancer? Mike Collins. <laughs> <laughs> is it the Patrick Ewing effect? You never know. I mean, if they do, ine- or not inevitably, if but if they do win, you know that's going to be the narrative we push because we we're not going to be able to say anything else. Just one soda is better. That, that too. That too. But speaking of Juan Soto and just uh, pivot to the Nationals in general, since we had you guys on, wanted to talk a little bit about prospects because that's obviously what your podcast is geared towards. Yep. Um, just, you know, for our listeners and, and for any, you know, mutual fans we have in common, give uh, your pick for, I guess, the most improved prospect, even if they were a good prospect this past year. Like, who do you think has the most or the uh, biggest step in 2022? I think um, I'm going to kind of the piece. I think prospect of the year next year is and this is going to be a crazy pitch. I think it's going to be Cade Cavalli. I'm going to go way out on a limb here. Um, <laughs> I He's going to be the prospect of the year, but most improved, although this is a guy who we know already um, will be really good, I think he'll start to show it. I think it's going to be Brady House. Um, dude was a first-year low-A player. I think he got moved up to high-A um who started raking in like his second game i'm pretty sure he had a home run in one of his first two yeah and he is showing stats which are really incredible i'm really surprised he dropped to number 11 in the, in the draft or number 10 number 11 um mm-hmm. i really do think he is going to shoot up to double a or triple a by mm-hmm. the end of the year um i as far as pitching prospects go um, I like Cavalli. I like Adone. Adone started the last yeah. of the year for the Nats. He was a very solid player, you know, still a young guy. Um, then I think the guy whose name has been coming up most for Nats prospects recently with the Arizona Fall League has been Cole Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry's been really good in that Fall League that I just mentioned, and he's a guy who's one of those, like, it feels like he's been in our farm systems forever. But I think if there was a year that he were to make it in the major leagues, it would be this next coming year. Yeah. I know we're talking about prospects here, and I know he's technically not a prospect anymore. But I think the guy. Young guy counts. Yeah. Yeah. Young guy of the year. A uh, guy that's going to, I think, make a big leap um, in 2022 is Josiah Gray. Um, obviously, at, if you're just looking, like, at big numbers and ERA, not the best season, but I mean, under that, it's just a high fly ball to ground ball rate. Um, you know, guy relied a lot on the fly ball and that obviously can come back to bite you in a league where um, really launch angle is such a big thing. Now, you know, the whole elevate to celebrate um, type deal. If he can get that 
worked out and gets more ground balls, I think he could be very dangerous. And I'm really excited to see if he can make that leap and sort of work on it during spring training and work on it over this sort of uh, wash year that the Nationals are set up to have. Um, and yeah, and if it all goes to plan, he could be uh, pretty, pretty good. I think for, well, first of all, I like both of those picks. Um, but for Nats fans in general, maybe just like kind of like general consensus of Nats fans, just I agree taking that next step would be huge just for the spirits and I guess morale of um, not only the fans, but probably the team as well. Just like that all the uh, trades and stuff can pay off, even if it's not immediate dividends, it can pay off, but we'll see. Obviously, there, there's plenty of uh, options and plenty of, you know, necessity for guys to take a step forward for the Nats to return to relevancy. But uh, thanks for coming on, guys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, be sure to follow uh, both Tanner and Alex uh, on Twitter at Scorebug and <laughs> Caps Troll. Very fitting. Um, yep. And follow their podcast at Net- Next Gen Nats Pod. And obviously subscribe. Give it a listen. Do you guys uh, have anything to plug before uh, before we head out? Uh, no, we have had, I think, eight episodes so far. You know, we're still young. Um, probably the most interesting is we had a quote-unquote sit-down interview with TJ White, who was a fifth-round pitch of the Nationals this year. Um, we talked about him and his experiences in the Florida Complex League. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be a little slower, obviously, in the winter because not as much prospect news happening. But um, during the season, we like to – get out episodes every Sunday or at worst every other Sunday. So yeah. uh basically what you said, uh we have people we've had people on now. Uh we'll try to have more people on um as we grow and uh the best way to grow is with your support. So any and all listens would be uh very much appreciated. And uh, obviously thanks for you guys um having us on. Yeah, of course. Happy to do it. Um so Again, be sure to check out the Next Gen Nats podcast and follow them on Twitter. Um, thanks for coming on, guys. We'll have to, have to do it again in the future, definitely during the offseason, you know, when there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. So we can just, you know, talk yeah. anything random about baseball. Yep. I'll watch The Sopranos by then. <laughs> That's not a guarantee. You didn't hear that. Next, next Gen Sopranos. <laughs> next Gen Sopranos. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you later. All right. Yep. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. That interview and all of our episodes were brought to you in part by, or brought to you in full, presenting sponsor, Manscaped. Batting leadoff for the, well, it's kind of funny because this is the World Series copy and they have the Los Angeles Dodgers in there. And if only that's what it was, but batting leadoff for Manscaped, we'll say, is the Lawnmower 4.0 from our friends at Manscaped. This fourth generation trimmer is going to help you dodge hairy balls this October like the Orioles dodged the wind column this season or the Dodgers dodged the wind column in the NLCS. Today's sponsor and always our sponsor, Manscaped, are the global leaders in male grooming trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Swing for the fences and use the right tools for the job with Manscaped for all your hairiest grooming needs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HSHH20 at manscaped.com. Again, you will get 20% off and free shipping off your entire order. No exclusions, no limited time only. Although I would recommend you do it right away because why wait? With a deal like 20% off and free shipping, there's absolutely no 
reason to wait. Do it right now. You can get yourself the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped, which is a fastball right down the middle for you to take your grooming game to the next level. Included in this is a lawnmower 4.0, like we talked about, the Weed Whacker, which is their ear and nose hair trimmer, uh, all of their formulations and two free gifts being the shed travel bag to carry all that stuff and a free pair of boxers. Very comfy, I might add. So be sure to check out Manscaped. Get yourself the performance package 4.0 or anything your heart desires using our promo code HSHH20. 20% off and free shipping. Help us help you help us. Big thanks to the Next Gen Nats podcast for joining us. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll have them back on in the offseason, you know, as the labor negotiations unfold. And obviously as Nats Might off-season be a long off-season. stuff <laughs> unfolds, there's going to be plenty to talk about and speculate and just time to kill. So we will have to have them back on but in the meantime be sure to check out their podcast as well can't do have you know too many nats podcasts in your life so be sure to check them out um not much more news than that obviously it's just the world series at this point dodgers really let us down so we're not gonna hash it out we'll see what max scherzer decides to do as far as what team he he wants to stick with maybe he decides to resign with the dodgers maybe he decides to uh go somewhere else it's hard to beat california and the dodgers are certainly a team willing to pay for his services so that'll be a storyline to watch but Mm -hmm. otherwise you know the only other thing was the cardinals hired their manager 35 year old i'm gonna butcher his name ryan do you know how to pronounce his name have you heard it which one uh the cardinals new manager oh oliver i thought his full name is oliver oh is it oliver Okay, yeah. they they are recall. I wasn't sure if it was Ollie or Oli, but I didn't realize his full name was Oliver. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I haven't seen his last name just because for the longest time I thought they kept saying like writing oil in the tweets, but then I was like, <laughs> I might be dyslexic because that is not saying oil. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it maybe uh, <laughs> uh, which we call autocorrect, but Oliver Marmol, I believe I'm saying that right is their new manager. He is a 35-year-old manager. Uh, He was their bench coach for, uh, I think, was it just one season or was it a couple seasons? But apparently he was always the favorite for the job. Uh, We talked about it when they let Mike Schilt go. They must have had someone in-house that they thought could take over without too much, you know, real turnover or uh, shift in the clubhouse. Uh, by all reports, uh, Oliver Marmol is a likable guy um, and has the respect of the players and the front office. And six and, years younger than Adam Wainwright. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, and, it's, I'm surprised they went so young, truly. Well, probably most of all, he's going to listen to what the front office wants as far hey, as script, yep. <laughs> analytics. Like They're like, oh, hey, we'll make you the youngest skipper in baseball if you just do what we say. And he's like, hey, this ain't a bad gig. I will do that. Yeah, like he I would take is, that job. <laughs> he's big on analytics also, and he's been playing a role with that with the Cardinals. But like Nick said, more importantly, um, he's not going to, you know, stand up against ownership like Mike Schilt clearly did. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what we're seeing with coaches. There is a younger wave of coaches coming in because they're the ones who are more embracing analytics. We've seen a couple of teams go against that in the recent seasons. So yeah, it's always... I mean, every coaching job's a 50-50 if it's going to work out, but it's pretty interesting. The Cardinals need to get some pitching. 
Um, they're one of the teams that's kind of a pretty interesting offseason this year. Dodgers kind of have an interesting offseason as well. A lot of questions for them. Yeah, I mean, if we ever get to CBA settled, it's going to be a fun free agency and offseason. <laughs> so yeah, if there's a season. Uh, it, it won't be a fun free agency and offseason because the CBA won't get settled. Correct. Basically. But Amanda, any thoughts? Um, I am a little surprised that they decided to go with, I guess I always think of the, the Cardinals as being this very old school type of organization and to go with, you know, like you said, youngest skipper in baseball did surprise me a little bit, I guess promoting somebody from within isn't that, isn't that unusual, but for him, you know, a bench coach to become the skipper, you know, a, a guy who obviously doesn't have the experience of the experience you'd expect from, for a, a job of the pedigree of managing the Cardinals. So I'm a little surprised, but curious to see how it turns out. Yeah. And we, we will see. I mean, it'd be pretty funny if they basically insert the guy, no disrespect to Oliver Marmol, but a figurehead, right? The front office wants to do things their way. It seems like Oliver Marmol, at least from the outside looking in, uh, isn't going to have a lot of say in what gets done. He's going to be handed a script and he, his mm-hmm. job is to follow it. And he's a, a figurehead. He's a, a puppet, a puppet. He's a mascot. Like, and again, no disrespect to him because by all accounts, he's uh, well-respected and, and, you know, this isn't to say he, he didn't earn it, but th- this was the writing was on the wall. The, the front office wanted a guy that followed their lead. So it's, essentially it's a front office doing their, uh, you know, managerial style so to speak and it'd be really funny if uh they did that and the cardinals sucked next year i think mm-hmm. that would be pretty funny i would and enjoy it it'd be you know slight uh consolation for the 2012 <laughs> i guess in a, in a weird way Although, you know, that was so long ago at this point. I know. It's hard to still be mad about it. Although my rage remains at Drew Storen more than it does at the Cardinals, frankly. Yeah. But um, really the only other news or Nats news, and not that this was surprising at all, but the Silver Slugger finalists were announced. And obviously Juan Soto is leading the, the, the pack as far as the outfielders go. But I just wanted to, you know, stir up a little bit of a fun debate as far as like pure hitters. Define that however you you want. Imagine everyone in baseball is healthy. Where does Juan Soto rank among pure hitters? Mm. Um, that's that's a good question. So. I don't know because best pure hitter, like you have Jordan Alvarez, you have Rafael Devers, you have Juan Soto, you have Mike Trout, um, Acuna is up there as well. There's a lot of really good people. I'd say he's top three and he's not one or three. Like his, his, his command of the strike zone and like his plate discipline is by far and away the best in the league. Best pure hitter. I I think I still have to go Trout at this point just because Trout's done for so long, but I would put Soto at two and that's higher than I would have had him last year. And I have Jordan, Jordan Alvarez up there very high as well. He's so good. And like we, we saw in what 2019 was when he came up and he was hurt last year. I think I have that right. Um, but man, seeing him healthy, he is so freaking good. 
Yeah. I mean, he, there's obviously Still no argument. I mean, no, I mean, like, he's like, it's unreal. Like, he's, he's a titanic of a man. He is a pure power hitter, but he also hit for contact very well. Like, literally, like Soto, just he has better power. Um, but yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I put Soto at two. I don't have him over trout yet but fast forward maybe three years down the road it's going to be soto and alvarez one two and trout a little below them maybe yeah. maybe even quicker than that maybe even yeah it's hard it's still it's it's hard to put anybody over trout just because he's been like you said it's so consistent he's been doing it for so long how do you how do you put anybody above him i just i don't think i could do it but um soto is it, the way he the walks when you add that all in? I mean, if you're counting all of that among pure hitters, like the pure pr- plate discipline and the command of the strike zone, I don't know that anybody does that part better than him. Certainly, there are guys who hit for more power. There are guys who, you know, who are Alvarez obviously is is one up there. Cunha when he's healthy is absolutely amazing, um, but I still have to put Trout first. Yeah, I mean, again, we qualified this by saying everyone is healthy, and unfortunately, we were robbed of a fully healthy Mike Trout this season. Um, but you know, in, until Juan Soto does this for ten years, it has to be Mike Trout. I agree. Um, certainly, Juan Soto is well within the conversation, not just because we're a Nats podcast, but because he has earned that right. But so is Mike Trout. He's done it for again 10 years now i think people get people get so accustomed to what mike trout does that it's like they're not impressed by it anymore and i still it it baffles me when people you know bring up any other player and say who's the best player in baseball like mike trout has just keeps on doing it and obviously i guess out of sight out of mind he's been hurt so people aren't seeing it exactly currently but i i don't get I, i i am still just as impressed with mike trout even maybe more impressed because he's been doing it for so long but I do think he gets kind of left out of the conversation sometimes because it, people just expect it and don't right. act like it's as extraordinary as it actually is. Right. And that's, you know, I guess that just comes to greatness. Like when you do it for, excuse me, when you do it for so long and you're so consistent at a high level, it's, uh, you know, shocking or maybe just like a low hanging fruit when you don't meet that consistency even though a slight dip is still way better than league average or most of the league so it just comes with the territory and it's probably partially why Mike Trout just is the way he is like he's never really wanted to be the face of baseball he kind of just keeps to himself he's in Anaheim so it's like he doesn't get the marketing he he deserves but I don't think he he wants that marketing either he kind of just likes playing baseball and he's damn good at it so you know he can do whatever the hell he wants Yeah, or not do whatever the hell he doesn't want. (laughs) Exactly. Seems like, well, Juan Soto has like more of a personality, but he also, oh, happy birthday, Juan Soto, by the way. Yeah. But he's a 23-year-old kid. It seems like he doesn't necessarily want to be the face of baseball. He just kind of wants to have fun. And like people associate like him, you know, at the Dodgers game, rooting on Trey, like, you know, people associate that with like, oh, he needs to be the face of baseball, like da 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 I think he just kind of wants to have fun, <laughs> like root on his friend. But, you know, that, yeah, that, I do think people act as I saw a bunch of idiots talking about him like, oh, he's just doing this for attention. I'm like, yeah, I'm so sure that Juan Soto needs or wants more attention. Like he's 
<laughs> he's just out there because he wanted to watch a baseball game and root on his friends. I don't know. I thought it was awesome. I hate the Dodgers and I wanted them to lose the wild card game, but seeing Soto out there was super cool. I mean, what a, what a fun thing to do. Just see a guy out there having fun, just being a fan. I thought it was great. And he really, his personality is so fun. And I can't understand anybody who hates on Juan Soto. Like I understand people don't like his shtick at the plate and all of that, but like, if you just like baseball and you like watching the kind of, you know, new, I don't know, new era baseball players who are out there, you know, kind of pimping home runs and doing all the things that the younger guys like to do. Like he is the embodiment of that. He's just, he's out there having so much fun. I don't know how anybody could not enjoy it. Also why, uh, like I brought up Marcus Stroman as an example. I think other personalities like on the Nats specifically, obviously um, other personalities or like, uh, I guess extroverted personalities mm -hmm. would be good for Juan Soto because, you know, for the Nats for seemingly so long, we just haven't had much personality, not to say like all, all these guys are boring, like as individuals, but you know, there I'm hasn't saying. been much I'm like, saying, but I'm saying, <laughs> it, well, no, I'm just saying like there, there hasn't been much like flash or, or, you know, th they don't, swagger yeah i hate using that word because it's just like so you know jaded at this point but like you know there there's no one who like tries to pump up the crowd like that's what i you know one reason i love bryce so much because you know love him or hate him the just his nature evoked a response in you and like that just made you more invested in what was going on and that's why mm -hmm. like i still kind of like him because even though he's not on our team anymore like he's still you know, doing that. Um, but anyways, like having more personality that would evoke a response from you, regardless of on-field production, like, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, if it's good production, then that's what you want. But right. you I, hear I think... that Marcus Stroman, call us. <laughs> call I, Mike Rizzo, actually. Don't call I, us. Especially with this, you know, terrible, terrible World Series matchup. Like, uh, I'm really looking forward to you know, um, I guess two weeks ish when we do our uh, free agent predictions that we all inevitably get wrong. It's one of my favorite episodes every single year. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Everyone's going to the Nats. Spoiler alert. Everyone. Everyone. Yeah, because the Nats are such big spenders. Right. <laughs> Everybody's exactly. going to the Nats. Well, remember Look for all those big free agent contracts, the learners aren't cheap anymore. Players. We have expectations. Do you think they're going to put a championship game, a team on the field? Is that uh, the well, I, I hear Rizzo has marching orders. So mm -hmm. I heard something about that. Yeah. But when we get there, we will obviously talk about it, speculate, have fun with it, all that good stuff. But that wraps today's episode. And as we wrap, this episode and all of our episodes, we're going to end with our one big thing. Uh, what do you guys got? Anything good that's uh, baseball related? Mm, that's, you know what? Okay. I knew <laughs> it, it was, was a good hockey game tonight. So yeah, I, I knew that talk was coming. about it. I know. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, it's the world series. It's always just, you know, the most exciting time in baseball. It's um, spotlights on the league uh, as you know, we've discussed a little earlier in the show, this may be the last baseball we get for a long time. That lockout seems like it's a coming. So, I mean, enjoy it. I'm going to just wish any other two teams were playing and hope that 
I guess I'm just going to hope that even though it means the, the Astros get to brag and talk about how fabulous they are, I would love to see the Braves get swept in, in embarrassing fashion. So I'm going to be hoping for that, but I'll be watching even though I don't love the matchup. So check it out, get your baseball in because it might be the last baseball you get for a while. Yep. Ryan, anything from you? Um, World Series is coming up. It's always fun to watch. Not this year, just can't go Astros. But remember, there's going to be a lot of leaks with the CBA coming out. Remember, a lot of it is mm-hmm. going to be from owners trying to spend things against the players. Um, That's a good point. I am pro players against, especially this first leak about, oh, we got to get to December 2nd. That's probably true, but that is coming from the owners. So just remember, there's going to be a lot of leaks coming from both sides, trying to make the other side look bad. And it's going to be fun. And we'll be here covering it. Absolutely. We'll be here with all the details. Uh, My last point, or my one big thing, I should say, um, didn't bring it up during the conversation specifically excuse me about the Astros um but Dusty Baker now making a World Series with the Astros just proves that the uh Universal DH or the DH in general is good for baseball because it has completely covered up his uh, managerial deficiencies and uh you know that that's good for yeah. for teams like, Making jobs for people no longer qualified to be in Major League Baseball. That's what it works smarter, not harder. <laughs> and Funny I know you threw that, that in that, at the end when we don't have time to argue about it. I that think. narrative is going to shift now that the DH, if the DH can make Dusty look good, then the DH is good for baseball, even though we've crucified Dusty <laughs> <laughs> for years. But we'll have to continue narratives over facts, like, yeah. right, like Ryan said, right? <laughs> narratives over facts always yep well that does it for this episode we will be back on thursday uh recapping game one uh game two is thursday night right yes i believe it yeah, is so, so we'll recapping game that. one previewing game two talking about any other news that pops up in the next couple of days um but in the meantime be sure to check out halfstreethighheat.com content coming out every single day uh, you know, it's your one-stop shop for all things Nats and, and really baseball. We we have, you know, all kinds of articles and, and fun stuff coming out. So be, to, be sure to check out that. Uh, I forgot to mention from, from the top, uh, Trey, who's a new member to our team, uh, posted a YouTube video with his a uh, roster predictions for 2022. That includes free agents, uh, prospects, et cetera. So be sure to check out uh, Half Street High Heat on YouTube. Um, link is through the website as well. If you can't find it, uh, through YouTube, uh, be sure to check out that he's going to be posting different videos every single Friday. So be sure to be on the lookout for that and get caught up on last week's episode. If you missed it. Um, so that's great stuff from Trey and follow all of us on Twitter. Cause uh, we're pretty entertaining from time to time. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at we are all shack follow Amanda at a white seven, eight, seven, seven, and myself at nationals ACE. We appreciate you listening. Um, and in the meantime, let's hope for a lockout before the world series ends.
Let's do that. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. the early light of dawn well you can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are and bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book let's go How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.